Hey guys, welcome back to the Foster Care Chronicles podcast. I'm so excited because this week I interview um, a family friend. I just consider her family. Her name is Carolina and she's a teenager currently in foster care. Um, Today we're going to talk a little bit about her story, how she came into foster care, what her experience has been, and just some of the ways that she's really felt loved and supported throughout this whole process. Just wanted to give a heads up before we even jump into the interview that some of the topics we'll be discussing today might be um, a little triggering for some of the people who are listening. So if you're sensitive to anything about mental health, um, just wanted to give you that heads up uh, before we even jump in. But without further ado, let's introduce Carolina! Okay, so today I'm so excited because we have Carolina on the podcast and she is a dear, dear, dear friend of ours. I like to consider her family actually. And we're just so happy that you're here, Carolina, to talk about your experience in foster care. So why don't we just jump right in? Tell me a little bit about your background. Okay, so um, I was born in Chicago. My mom is from Uruguay, South America, and my dad's from Romania. Um, I lived in Chicago up until I was seven, and then I moved to Uruguay, um, which is where my entire mother's side, uh, maternal side of the family is from. Um, and then I lived there for about five years, and then I've been living in Miami ever since. That's awesome. And I also we have, love Miami. Wait, also, I have a twin brother. So I also feel like yeah, I, you I, do. I have a twin brother. And he just graduated high school. Yay, yeah. Seba! I know. I'm super, super happy for him. <laughs> Great. We're so proud of him. Yes. So how long have you been in foster care? I have been in foster care for pretty much two years. Okay. And how did you come into foster care? I came into foster care um, because I was acted due to a situation going on uh, two years ago. And then my mother decided not to pick me up from the hospital anymore. And so obviously the doctors had to call uh, Department of Children and Family Services. And yeah, after that, they just kind of put me into the system. Well, that must have been really hard and really scary. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know, what does a Baker Act mean? Baker Act is when a professional, usually a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or uh, someone in the law enforcement feels like you might harm yourself or might harm others. In my case, um, I was very depressed at the time, and so my psychiatrist decided that in the moment it was best to send me to a hospital for a couple of days just to make sure that I wasn't really do anything to myself and uh to make sure that I was stabilized um so yeah so that's what a big director that makes sense yeah that makes sense thank you for sharing that I'm I know it's you know not an easy thing to talk about but I'm really grateful that you were open and honest about it yeah um when you came into foster care what did that feel like what did that look like for you um for me it was very scary um especially because when I first came into the system, I was in the hospital, and I stayed in the hospital for, uh, well, I was in, actually in three different hospitals, but I stayed in about the same hospital here by Miami for eight months. Um, so it was a lot of um, 
not knowing what was going to happen. Luckily, I have and had a very good support system as far as guardian ad litems and lawyers and um, the judge who was in my case is amazing. Um, so I, it was it was very scary because I didn't know what was going to happen. I was very confused, um, and I was also fifteen. You know, so I was pretty young. Um, but, um, luckily I had a lot of support, um, including the nurses at the hospital. They were, they were really great as well. Oh, I love that. I love that you talk about the different support systems in foster care. Um, I wanted to ask you if you could just share a time or a specific person maybe who has made an impact in your life since you've joined foster care. Um, well, honestly, I mean, when I think of a specific person who's related um, or I guess who works um, within the system is my grandma, like, um, uh, Carol Ballant. She is an amazing she's the best. person, Brianna and I. <laughs> uh, she's a mutual between us. Um, she has truly been a second family. Um, her entire family is basically my second family. She devotes herself to her guardian kids um you know she's she's like another mother to me um or grandmother since she's a little bit older um but she's been an amazing (laughs) support system to me um and also to so many other kids who are in a similar situation as i am yeah absolutely um I know that for some people, they might not know what a guardian ad litem is. So would you go ahead and just explain what that means? Yes. A guardian ad litem is a court-appointed advocate. So when you get put into the system and a court case opens up under your name, uh, you get a court-appointed advocate who is usually a volunteer um, and they're really the ones who get to know you the best. Um, unlike, you know, your lawyer, you may talk to your lawyer about whatever is needed legally. Um, but really the guardian ad litem is kind of as a second void um, for you. Um, and they usually have your best interests at heart. And in my case, uh, my guardian ad litem has my best interest at heart. I mean, 100%. Um, and yeah. So I was very blessed to have her in my case i didn't have her for the first i think four months of being in the system but then uh they switched my garden at litems and i got her and i've taught her as my garden at litem for i think about a year and a half and she's just been amazing she's the best i'm the biggest fan of her yeah Um, she was on one of our cases as well and she makes all the difference honestly for everybody involved yeah and i think One thing that I've learned as a foster parent is that the team is so important, you know, that there's so many people that play a role and everybody has their specific job. But I feel like when we all work together, that's when we see a case be successful. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. It makes it a lot harder when there's someone um, who is in a different side or is making things difficult and i mean in right. the end you have to realize that it's really the child who suffers all the consequences um and when everyone including um you know dcf and that includes the lawyer within dcf the case manager that you get and then 
um, you know, the judge, um, your parents as well, if your parents are involved and their lawyers and then your own lawyer and your guy not like them. I mean, it's really, it's really good when everyone is all kind of on the same page. Um, yeah. And that makes it a lot easier, but obviously that's not really the case for a lot of other people. Um, but I mean, I'm, I've, I've been pretty lucky, um, to have a great support team. That's so special. I'm so glad you have people that love and support you. That's so important. I know. One I would know. argue the most it important means, part. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it means so much to me. And I'm pretty sure that I I wouldn't be as happy as I am. And I wouldn't be as sane as I am if I didn't have <laughs> the people that have been around me, supporting me and being there for me within the past two years, um, including my family. I mean, we, you know, they're incredibly supportive. That's amazing. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's coming into foster care for the first time? Um, honestly, I mean, really the main thing, and I mean, this doesn't just go for people who are in the system, but this, I mean, this kind of goes for everyone, but really use your voice um, and, you yeah. know, you yourself are your own advocate and your best advocate because you know yourself better than everybody um or anybody um uh that's that's something that i think um helped me out a lot especially in the beginning um you know talking to the judge personally instead of letting other people do it for you makes a huge huge difference um expressing your needs expressing what you want um and also push um, I know it can be very intimidating, um, not just in the beginning, but all the time. And there's constantly new people coming in to your, you know, your case. Um, but, you know, you need to be confident and you need to focus on the positive And you just need to know that you're always going to be there for yourself. And you know what you think, right. you know what you want, you know what your heart wants. And you need to express that because, you know, people aren't reading your mind. People won't know what's best for you and so you you need to do that for yourself and that's something that I think is extremely important for anybody and at any age I mean I was 15 when I came into the system um and I mean right off the bat I just started listing what I needed to the judge um don't feel embarrassed or don't feel like you're being bossy because you're not it's your life um and what you say and what you do or don't do will really make a difference on what happens and so I think being you know advocating for yourself and expressing your needs and wants is honestly my biggest advice I love that I think that's so important and it's something that's a good skill even for becoming a grown-up outside of the system you know is learning how to advocate for yourself so I love that you got to learn that through foster care, even though obviously being in foster care is not the ideal situation, but I'm glad that that's something that you've, you know, gotten out of it and you've been able to learn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a foster parent? Um, Well, first you have to have a very open mind. Um, Yeah. There is, I mean, there's, 
kids who come from, I mean, everywhere. I mean, different, you know, backgrounds, different cultures, different uh, family relationships. Um, you know, some people come into the system with no education. Some people, luckily, like me, I, I, I was raised in a very fortunate family and I had a very good education. I was taught, you know, right. morals and I had a good, um, good adults around my life um but right. sadly a lot of other kids don't have that and so I think you need to be open-minded and very patient um right and you know don't don't feel bad for feeling like you need help with uh True. a kid or you know or you're feeling stressed that's another thing I mean make sure to take care of yourself um but I think it's worth it because you're helping out so many lives and so many kids who need that parent, who need a home, um, a safe living home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would be my advice to be very open-minded. And, um, yeah. I love that. What do you think is something that you would look for most in somebody who wants to be a foster parent like what are some good qualities that they should have i think um first as a teenager i feel like you do need to ha leave them with a little bit of space um especially yeah. with everything going on um you know i feel like they need their space um also someone at least who makes an effort and trying to get to know the person and the kid and right have some sort of relationship because i know other foster parents who really don't do that and when and like it just feels like a very cold environment and you know you want to right. make the home a safe loving space for the child um yeah so i mean i guess just try to build some sort of connection um you know also keep in mind you know the, the I, I guess the experiences that the child has been through i mean everyone is different um right right but i think uh having some sort of space at least in my case um but also someone you know don't just completely back away and treat you like a stranger and who's like living in your house right. and you're just the hostess um you know try to you know welcome them into any activities that you're gonna um do like go to the grocery store go shopping you know try to invite them to make right. them feel welcome so i think that's something that i look for um i mean in a foster parent i love that and did you find in your experience um any resources that were particularly useful for you um as far as resources um not really i mean i think I mean, not exactly. I just think that, again, you just need to use your voice. Make sure that you have, like, the phone numbers of, like, your case manager, of your guardian at litem, of your foster parents in case you have any questions. Because those are really the people who have all of the information, as well as your lawyer. Um, but, I mean, I personally didn't really... Yeah, yeah, I... Yeah, I didn't really use any resources besides the people. So in mostly my team. your team. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Your team is like your main resource. Yeah, I love that. And then, 
what do you like want to do with your life moving forward? You know, you're about to turn 18. You're figuring it out. What does that look like for you? Um, well, first, um, I'm a sophomore because I didn't go to school for a year. Um, That's so okay. I would love to finish high school or um, eventually yes. go to college or university. I'd love to study political science and psychology. Um, I've loved politics and uh, since I was very young um, and so that's something that I'm really interested in studying um, as well as international relations and all of that. Um, Also, it's a big plan, but I may be moving in with our host right now, Rihanna. Um, I'm so excited. I know. I'm super, super psyched. Um, So we're currently trying to make that work um as soon as i turn 18 um and yeah i mean i i think mainly just finishing my education i can't wait to travel yeah um i love traveling so when you're as soon as you're out of the system and you don't have people you need to follow at your every you know move and track the people (laughs) who you're with and have to do background checks. Um, I love to travel. Um, I'm, I'm my plan right now is to go to Uruguay and during the Christmas to go see my family and my grandma and my cousins Yay! and aunts. Um, visit my brother in college. Um, and yeah, so those are my big, big plans um, and goals. And I'm I'm really trying hard to make them happen because you know I'm not just gonna sit yeah. around and wait for them to just start appearing. Like I'm trying to make things happen. So that's make the way it to real. do it. Yeah. Yes. It's always beautiful to have a dream, but it's always really important to make sure you have a plan too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Yes. So I love that. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would want us to know about your experience in foster care? Um I mean, honestly, really the only thing that I can really think of is um, do your research where you're sending kids because um, I think, Brianna, True. yeah, I, I think you know this, but um, after I was in the hospital, um, I was in Miami Children's, I was in Miami, and so I was in Miami Children's for eight months, and after that, they sent me, I'm not going to name the name of it, you know, I'm not yeah, don't. that person, but... I was sent to, um, it was supposed to be I, it, like kind of like a psych word, but not really. A little, a psych word is a rough word. Um, but a mental of, health treatment center. Exactly, yes. Um, <laughs> in Texas. And the second that I got there, um, also, I have to give a little bit of context. They, it Fair. was really hard finding placement for me because... I have yeah. a medical condition, and so it makes it really hard. Actually, it, it's hard to find placement for every kid, um, but very, very hard. But for me, it was especially hard because I have a medical condition. And so um, sending, you know, go, sending a 15-year-old to a mental health treatment center that will get mental health and physical health um, right. help, I guess, was ideal. In my case, um, and as soon as I got there, it was not what we expected. I'm not going to give any details, um, but I just say when your team is, you know, looking for placement or is looking for um, 
mental health treatments, whatever it is, make sure you do your research and also make sure you yeah. read reviews because when I was in that place, I went on Google and I read reviews and they were horrible and they were my experience. Oh, no. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so I guess that would be my advice. Um, and, um, I guess the other thing that I can think of is, um, I know that every kid and family's relationship is very different. Um, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I have a pretty good relationship with my family, um, especially, well, maybe not with my mom, but that's more personal, but, um, just yeah. try to make sure, um, I don't know how to put this into words, but uh, try to keep as many good relationships around you that bring you comfort and happiness. Try to keep them. I know it's hard with everything that goes on, um, especially when you're just put into the system. You know, you kind of want to back off and not talk to anyone and kind of, you know, regroup. Um, but you right. know, try to keep those relationships that, you know, are good for you, um, and make you happy and make you feel like a better person. Um, and then also with everything, when you're in the system, try to get some sort of therapy because in the end yes. it is trauma. Um, and I, like in, I mean, in any case being put into the system, whether it's like, you know, in the lightest, you know, like even if your entire family speaks to you, even if maybe you got put into the system for wrong reasons or reasons that weren't true, I don't know, whatever the case is, but you're, I, I'd really recommend seeking mental health help and a counselor yeah. because in the end it is trauma and, um, you know, that affects you, um, maybe not maybe not in the moment or maybe you don't think so but it will in the future um so i think getting therapy or whatever sort of mental health treatment that you might think is good for you i think i think is very beneficial i love it you're so full of wisdom for 17 <laughs> years old do you know that I've, carolina I've been for president everyone <laughs> Thanks. Oh, my love. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for of sharing course. your story. I know that it's going to impact so many people. And yes. hopefully people who are afraid of teenagers won't be so afraid of teenagers anymore uh, now that you I talk to not. them. So. I hope not. Yeah. Well, that's They're the not goal. scary. They're just big babies, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who are going through a lot of hormones. Yes, I need a lot of hugs. <laughs> yes, That's exactly. the best thing you can do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love you and I'll talk soon. I love you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Foster Care Chronicles is a testimony-based project to spread awareness and transparency about the foster care system. For more information, you can reach us on Instagram at Made to Thrive Ministry. See you next time!